I come from the net, through systems, networks, and sprites, to this place, mainframe. My format, Guardian, to mend and defend, to defend my friends, their hopes and dreams, to defend them from all of their enemies. I shouldn't even be here talking to you like this. Why ever not? I'm the command.com of this system. I've appearances to keep up if anyone found out. Dot, Dot, calm yourself. I am here to help. Help? Your scans proved nothing. Which Bob's the original? It does not matter, my child. In the end, it is you and your heart that will have to decide. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Mainframe Chronicle podcast, uh, the most extensive and complete reboot podcast on the net. And I gotta say, I don't want to brag too much, but it's by far the most professional one that's done. I mean, clearly we put a lot of time and research into this. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Definitely more so than our other competitors. Exactly. So, as always, I'm Daniel Janes, by the way. Hey, and I'm Joe Morris. Yeah. Dan, how you been doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Living the dream, working retail, and playing games, and watching stuff, and podcasting. Awesome. Awesome. As the engaged lifestyle treating you all right? Yeah. Yeah. It's... About the same, except she's not nagging me about a ring. (laughs) That's That's really the only big thing that changed. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, we're here to discuss My Two Bobs today. The last of the original series of Reboot. It is a sad day. It's kind of a sad day. Yeah. (laughs) The future just got that much bleaker. I I was thinking about this today. You know, we talked about starting this in 2011 uh, when we were in Australia. And then it took us, I don't know, what, six months being home or something when we really started, maybe even longer. And then we're actually about to finish. I'm pretty proud of that accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, it was about a year between. Was it a year? our idea and the first upload so i I know we were on top of the game and tried to record a couple times a few months earlier but there was plenty of issues yeah and i was in flux moving at least three times in that period and i think i've moved again since the last time we recorded yeah but uh i I can't keep it straight how where you're at (laughs) I just kind of have to guess. I know, I know. Um, I have moved, but th- I think this is the last time I'm moving for a while. I've moved into a big boy apartment now. And, oh, boy. You know, I know. It's nice. I'm pretty it, – it looks nice. I'm, I've got two, my own bedroom. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, that's always good. But, yeah, I'm excited. And My Two Bobs is a good way to end – well, I'm not a great way to end, but it, it's a good couple of episodes anyway. For sure. I'm pretty – I'm pretty excited to talk about this. A lot happens, so. 
All right. Uh, well, let's get into things. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, I think that's enough nostalgia for uh, for a bit there. Definitely. Give me some advice. But you have made your choice, haven't you? I thought I had, but... But... Now when I look at Glitch Bob, all I remember is what we've been through. I remember the bad times. All the horror. All the pain. I see. And Bob? When I see him, everything's all right. He looks right. He even sounds right. I feel safe. <laughs> Happy, even. When I'm with him, it's like coming home. Dan, you want to start us with uh, My Two Bobs? Absolutely. So we start off our final movie with My Two Bobs. It originally aired November 9th, 2001, written by Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair, Raul Inglis, and Phil Mitchell. And in this episode, as Dot struggles to sort out her complicated feelings for both Bob and Glitch Bob, Matrix Bob and Frisket try to win a Pokemon-style game. Meanwhile, Glitch Bob struggles with his identity. Very short and sweet and accurate summary. <laughs> I I enjoyed this episode. I think if you remember me talking in the last episode, I didn't really like the idea that Bob combined with Glitch and all the key tools and made this Glitch Bob, and we just really knew nothing about it. We just knew he was powerful but we didn't know really to the extent or what was going on. And this is the beginning of flushing that out a little bit more. We kind of have an idea of what Glitch Bob was. Um, you know, spoiler there because he ends up not being. But, you know, what, what he really does become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a whole lot of fun all around. I mean, the Pokemon game is ridiculous, but great. I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that we... Ha- haven't had a Pokemon game uh, inspired game yet. Yeah. I, I think it really started getting big right around the middle of the third season. So, Fair. uh, that, that being, then they took like a four year break. Uh, so that, that's probably something to do with it. Isn't Pokemon still on too? Aren't they making new ones? Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure it's the same series that started then, but it might be. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I've, I've been pretty nostalgic lately and wanting to... Uh, I found my Game Boy Color, and I'm going to find... I didn't find any of my games, but I'm going to buy the old Pokemon Blue and Red, and I think I'm going to start all over because nice. it's been a while. I've also been nostalgic recently, but that's because my friend showed me an emulator for my iPhone so I can play Game Boy Advance games. Oh no, are you serious? There's an emulator on your iPhone? Yes, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, that's harsh. That's... oh my gosh. (laughs) I no longer do anything on my phone. 
Well, at least it's not Flappy Bird. It's true. I do have that on my phone, so I could probably sell it for like a hundred bucks. I know I do too. I I actually only downloaded it because I heard that we weren't going to be able to anymore, and I was like, "Oh yeah, screw you! I'm going to download it." And now I play it far too much. I downloaded it just to see what all the fuss was about, and then I didn't bother deleting it. Right. Played it exactly. like two times. Like this is dumb. <laughs> it is dumb. It is dumb. But anyway, so reboot. Um, yeah. What do you think of the episode? I enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of fun. A good good way to bring us back into the swing of things, you know. Um, the beginning was very strange, though. Before you realize that it's you know a dream that Dot's having. It's like oh yeah, the sitcom thing. The sitcominess. Yes. Which is a word. I I, I declare it. it. Um, it is just a little too overt. overt and ridiculous yeah i wasn't sure where they were going with this um when they when they started like you know i was like is a whole episode gonna be like this i thought maybe they're doing kind of a community-esque themed episode and it's gonna be all terrible sitcom tropes uh i'm glad that it ended with just um uh, as as a dream, and it was only about forty seconds. I think if they went a little, if they did that a little, if they went longer and made it a whole episode, I, I would have gotten tired of it. I think, but I think it fit for a couple seconds there. Yeah, once once you realize it's a dream, it, it's okay. It's excusable. Right, right. I enjoy the Brady Bunch opening. I, I was a yeah. bit of a fan back in the day. I wasn't, but I respect it. <laughs> That's the best way to put it, I suppose. That's fair. That's fair. I, you know, it didn't even occur to me at the end of the last, uh, you know, Damon Rising movie that you know, oh, you know, Dot has to deal with two Bobs at this point, which I guess we can discuss there. You know, Michael uh, left the the voice for um, for the original Bob left, and they got a new voice, and I, I can't remember the guy's name. Do you know it at the top of your head? I don't. Give me a sec. I I'll look it up. It's it's Ian something. It's Michael Benjer and Ian something. And I, damn it, I can't remember what it is. Ian oh, James Corlett. Corlett. Yeah, I wrote it down. Uh, and they got a new guy, and it, he does sound different. Um, and then they kind of wrote that into the 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 plot line here, and they brought back the original voice for Bob, who was uh, the 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 new Bob, and then Glitch Bob was Ian James Corlett. So it was it was kind of interesting how they did that. Yeah, I I think it worked really well. Also, I think it's one of those things that they clearly never planned, but they did it so well, just on their feet, that it worked out all right. Mm-hmm. And I think. I mean, I didn't notice at first. Like, I only know that because I looked it up and and saw it online during my research. And I think if it had been poorly done, that would have been very obvious. That I agree. I agree. He, I, I don't mind Ian Corlett um, as as Bob. It is different, but at, by the time we see him, I think we discussed about this in the past. You know, Bob's different. Just mm-hmm. as much as his voice is different, so it kind of worked out. Exactly. Good. 
I, I liked the scene with uh, Matrix as he's training with the other sprites, or sorry, the the binomes. And right. it's right after you hear the announcement of warning incoming game. So you're just like, Matrix is in the middle of a, some sort of war game is what you, you're, you think is happening. But then you realize that he's just, you know, so ready for war and so gung-ho and everything that he's just, he can't help it. That's that's where he's at right now. And then Andrea comes in and kind of talks him down. He's like, listen, lover, the war's over. Right. You can relax. And that, that happens. I mean, when you, his entire personality is built on war and fighting and being a renegade. So what is Matrix without somebody to fight? Exactly. You know, he's lost. That being said, kind of a dick move to use live ammo on your <laughs> binomes that you're supposed to Well, they were training. using it against him, weren't they? Well, yeah, that, but that's like giving live ammo to a stormtrooper. <laughs> that's fair have you seen that meme on facebook with uh it's like an alarm clock and it's you hit me with a target to turn me off and then it just has a stormtrooper like with his head in his hands and he's like i haven't slept for days <laughs> that's awesome uh that's pretty funny good stuff but yeah no that was a good uh matrix uh andrea moment i think that comes back to Matrix kind of coming to the core of his personality and Andrea trying to calm him, you know, calm him down a little bit. Wasn't one of the binomes, weren't they Binky and Algernon that were shooting at him? I believe it might have been. Yeah, I think it was. They, were, they looked different, but they had kind of that posh Britishness about them, so I assume that it was Binky and Algernon. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, so it's this episode is a little heavy on the love triangle thing. I guess the next couple episodes, but that's, it's okay. Uh, I don't know what they could have done differently to make it better. Cause it's kind of a big thing. That's kind of what this whole movie is about. Right. I mean, it, it's all the, my two Bob's movie. The episode is called my two Bob's. So, I mean, it, it's, it's about the Bobs. Do you want to talk about the game a little bit? Yeah. Well, but, like, right before we got into the game, I thought it was fantastic when Bob and Glitch Bob were both running towards the, the game, and it's, you know, we find out that Glitch Bob can't reboot, so he can't go into the game, and Dot stops him everything. And Bob is, like, making fun and mocking Glitch Bob. He's like, you can't yeah. reboot? Like... It's kind of a dick move, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And they, the style of animation changes for the game, which I think was yes. neat that they did that. But I, I, agree. I also don't think that it worked fully. It was It felt stiff and just didn't seem to fit me yeah it was it, well i mean they it's you can tell that it was like attention to detail right and they were trying to make it that much better but yeah I, it, because it was so different it kind of was a shock to the system i think mm -hmm. but it's also trying to you know parody the uh anime genre 
Right. I mean, obviously with the Pokemon style battle and then the user is a full on parody of uh, a Dragon Ball Z character. Right. He's all Super Saiyan and he's got the same kind of uniform. I, uh, was it, oh, it was Bob that when he, because he rebooted into, uh, well, I'm just going to use the, the, the parody terminology here, like the Pokeball. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, and in, in, in Matrix is explaining to him what this game is. And he's like, oh, you make animals fight against each other? That's sick. And it never occurred to me until that moment that Pokemon is kind of terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. I loved it when I was a kid. And never, I just, oh, that's normal. You know, we capture animals and we make them fight against each other. That is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. It's, and I, through the course of researching, did you know that there were like, like PETA sued the creators of Pokemon and about animal cruelty and everything back in the day? I, did, I didn't know any of that. I think I was too young to understand any of that at the yeah. time. Yeah, I was too. I was too. That or just flat out didn't really care. Uh, yeah, because it's still cool regardless. I mean, it's, but yeah. It is just kind of terrible. It never occurred to me, though, until Bob pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nuts. And also, it's a video game, so PETA can shut up. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's fair. I mean, I also enjoy playing Grand Theft Auto, so, you know, let's get over ourselves. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, Frisket became Pikachu. Frisket did become Pikachu. And <laughs> he... His his speaking when he's Pikachu is just the <laughs> frisket, 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 frisket. I I have a, a an anecdotal story about that. There was one time my uh, brother and sister and I were at a petting zoo, and this is just a couple <laughs> of years ago. My sister's eighteen, I think, uh, and she we were like petting the the goats, and she, <laughs> uh, I I just made a, I wonder what um sound a goat makes because it just occurred to me that I didn't really know and Jenna in all seriousness goes oh they go goat goat <laughs> and I'm like what <laughs> these animals they're not they're not Pokemon they don't say their <laughs> their creation you know they don't say goat <laughs> but it made me think of that when Frisket started saying him you know Frisket Frisket that my sister thinks goats go goat 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 that's awesome <laughs> She's going to be very happy to know that she made it onto the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course, Bob turns into Bobzilla. Yes. <laughs> um, I very much enjoyed the, the nuclear bottom burp and the atomic nostril blast. I'm, I, I knew you would. <laughs> I kind of crass and immature humor. I'm all about that. Uh, yeah, and the only other reference I have is at the beginning of the game. They start off in uh, a dojo kind of place that's very reminiscent of the training in The Matrix, the original yes. Matrix movie. And they also have and a I- line later of stop trying to hit him and hit him, also from that same scene. Yeah, of course Morpheus says that to Neo. 
Yeah, then I think that's at the same time when Bob Zill is like, you're a renegade, break the rules. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I kind of wanted to see, because, you know, in the, in the movie, or in the movie, in the show Pokemon, Pikachu would occasionally freak out and do some, like, crazy crap. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to see Frisket just go nuts. That would have been Pikachu. awesome. But, uh, and I, I think the only other Frisket reboot that's better than this one is I still really like the zombie dog when they went into the yeah. uh, Evil Dead game. But this, this was a good Frisket. I, I fully agree with you. And the, the arena that they fought on was actually, did you notice it was shaped like a Pokeball? I did not see that. But yeah, it was using it like sense. the hedges to look, yeah, to look like a Pokeball. I thought that was a nice little attention to detail. Cool. Uh, before we get into quotes, the only other note that I have is that we get to finally see Fong where he's kind of out of his element when he's talking to Dot. He kind of gets flustered, like, I don't know how to help you because, you know, relationships aren't really my thing, surprisingly. That's true. I mean, he so far we see Fong. I mean, he has the mentor role. He obviously is leader of the principal office. You know, he is a doctor, apparently, and at this point, he's trying to be the therapist for the group as well. And, you know, even Fong has limitations. He can't be everything and anything all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just, it was nice to see that. All right, what and kind the, of quotes do you have? Um, let's see, I've talked about a few of them. Um, I had, at one point, Enzo... I think this, well, yeah, this is during the sitcom era. You know, he's talking about Cecil. He's like, Cecil, our foreign stereotype comic relief. Yeah. You know, and I just, well, if you have to put it so bluntly, that is correct. <laughs> um, uh, I, and I talked about the, when Bob was mocking him and he can't reboot. And the only other one that I have was um, Dot when, you know, she's being all, when she's struggling to figure out who you know, she should be with Bob or Glitch Bob. Uh, she, he, he's talking about the old-looking Bob, not Glitch Bob, because he even sounds right, which is, of course, a mm -hmm. reference to um, Michael Benjer and instead of Ian Corlett. So that was kind of cool. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I liked both of those. Um, <laughs> there's one scene where they're in Al's Wait and Eat, and they have the homosexual stereotype waiter yeah are all waiters in this world gay i mean stereotypical gay i should say because like know. cecil's kind of a little ridiculous you know wedding planner and then you've yeah. got this guy and i'm like oh, okay apparently you can't be a apparently. waiter in this world but he but says ahead. something along the lines of so what if you're a copy some of my best friends are copies you just got to be true to yourself <laughs> you know i don't it was so I don't awkward. think I followed that. That's funny. I don't think I, that's so blunt. And at the same time, when I listened to it, I didn't even catch what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, it was a little out there, a little that's out there for reboot, which is saying a and lot. You got, and you got to say the time period, too. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's even now we're having issues and it's 2014. And this was at, what, 2001, we said. So, yeah, you know, it's 13 years ago. I thought that that is kind of interesting. Yeah, that's, that's... Oh, I, I think it's also worth noting, isn't this one of three original title sequences? Oh, yeah. 
this one yeah. and uh, Firewall and then the, the X-Files parody. Trust no yeah. one. I think the best one is Firewall. But yeah, this was an original title well, sequence. Well, yeah, for sure. How, how could it not be the best one? That's true. That's true. They were all good, but that one was just phenomenal. Enzo Matrix, son of Mainframe's most brilliant scientist, or the unwitting pawn of an insane virus. Hello, I'm Mike the TV, and this is Little Brother Virtual Reality TV. Hexadecimal, the self-styled queen of chaos, may be gone from mainframe, but is she gone forever from the net? Or does her legacy live on? Mm-hmm. What exactly did Hex do to Enzo's icon before she made the ultimate sacrifice? Could this unsuspecting little sprite turn viral at any moment? And just where do we get this footage from? Stay tuned! These are just some of the probing questions we will answer on Little Brother. All right, so life's a glitch. Uh, the summary is Glitch Bob actively attempts to separate himself from Glitch in order to uh, win Bob's hand, while Andrea, Matrix, Bob, Frisket, and Enzo attempt to delete Rocky the Rabid Raccoon in a toy-styled game. The original episode aired on the 16th of November in 2001, and it was written uh, by Ian Piercing, Ian Pearson and Gavin Blair. Dan, what do you think of this episode? I was so mad to see Rocky back. I was so pissed. angry. I actually have just Rocky, and then I just in I'm just really upset on my notes. I'm like Rocky, and then an X through it. <laughs> I just get so tired of this. Why of all the game characters to bring back, do we bring back him three times? Because he's the most memorable, I guess. Uh, kind of has become a, a, a arch enemy at this point. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know if I blame them for bringing him back. But it is very satisfying watching him die over and over I, again. Three times, yeah. <laughs> Uh, other than that, it, I think it went pretty well. It was a pr- good episode. Uh, got a little Star Trek referencing in there. It's always good. They did. They did. And yeah. I think uh, I think this was kind of the most stereotypic reboot type episode of the four because we had a series of references and there was an overall arching storyline, obviously, but. It just seemed very kind of back to maybe third season reboot, which isn't bad. It's just kind of it's got all this going on and all these different characters and all these reboots and different games and things, which I thought was kind of nice uh, since we just came some from some pretty heavy stuff in Demon, or Demon Rising. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely the most reference heavy of the four today. Uh, yeah, good stuff. They um, kind of do a little research into the Knolls, which was fun to see. Yeah, we've kind of hinted at that. Um, you know, they've added pieces here and there that, you know, Knolls are, are, are previous sprites. And um, then they're, they're more intelligent. They're not intelligent. They have kind of the 
personality of their old people sometimes, you know, and they've just kind of been building on it. So it's interesting to see that they're still working on it and that we might, you know, one day get something more out of it. Yes, if only. Cool. Um, I guess the major part was the game, so do you just want to jump into that? Yeah, why not? Um, so this was... I, I, I When I wrote the summary, I put a toy-style game because I didn't want to quite go Toy Story because they've already kind of done that, but it was what it kind of felt to me. Um, so I wasn't sure how to... And they were all dolls and things, so yeah. that was kind of interesting. Andrea was a Barbie and... Matrix was uh, Darth Vader and that kind of stuff. It really reminded me of the N64 game uh, Army Men, Sarge's Heroes, where you run around that. as a little green army guy. It, it's it's like a GoldenEye. It's like one of those first-person shooters, but it's you're a toy soldier, and there, there's like levels in a sandbox and you know where you're this little guy running around this giant world and honestly i haven't thought about that game in about seven years oh really and this brought that back i was like huh interesting (laughs) i'm all about the nostalgic game systems lately i i got i found my super nintendo and i've got a bunch of games i'm gonna hook it up i'm i'm going retro nice (laughs) <laughs> it's cheaper that way that's true i mean I, I went to a friend of mine was uh it was his birthday and i bought some super nintendo games for him because he's been playing super nintendo and i bought a couple for me and i ended up spending 30 dollars but i got i don't know 40 games or something like i mean it's <laughs> it's ridiculous that buys you like half a game now it is right i know it's ridiculous um, let's see, the characters, we'll just flush that out. Matrix became Darth Vader. Andrea was a um, uh, a Barbie. And Enzo became kind of a cross between like a Pinocchio and Anakin Skywalker, which I thought that was kind of cool, the connection between them and uh, Darth Vader, which is Matrix, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, Hack and Slash became a Pepsi and a Coke can. Uh, Are you a Pepsi or a Coke guy? It was Poke and Peak. Yeah, Poke and Peak, was that what it was called? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm more of a Coke guy. I don't really drink a lot of pop, but I'd probably go with Pepsi, but I I don't really drink. Yeah, I'm Uh, I'm kind of over pop as well. But if I had to choose, it would be Coke. Okay. And then um, Fong actually was in the game, because of course they're doing an experiment, a null experiment, and he became a thing of yogurt. Yeah, like space balls, and he even talks oh, like uh, that like makes Yoda. Sense. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Because I mean, he's always been like the Yoda character, right? And then, um, yeah, he, he he even talks like Yoda in the in the game, and of course, space balls. The parody of Yoda is entitled. They're called yogurt. I didn't even can make that connection but that's brilliant yeah again Again, this is why we do this podcast (laughs) (laughs) love it uh i do at one point andrea calls matrix sparky is that their pet name has that been established before i don't remember that ever 
I mean, she she, she uses words like that. She uses Sparky. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard that one in particular, but she definitely talks like that. I don't know. That also seems kind of more like a mouse thing. Yeah, that's why I was kind of int- it was weird. Right? It just it kind of graded me wrong. Like, I mean, Shorty calls him lover all the time. Yeah. And calls him, and there's a dog right there that seems like a dog name to me. Like. I don't know. It just was it was a little weird. <laughs> That's fair. But this episode was kind of heavy on quotes and references, like we discussed. Um, mm-hmm. Do you um, do you have any other references, and then we'll do quotes. Uh, Dot sends hack and slash in on a command four point oh six, which of course is their production number. Oh, that's brilliant! I had no idea. <laughs> That's a reboot reference right there. Yep. Classic reboot reference. Uh, the game felt a little like Home Alone meets Tom and, Tom and Jerry. That's a good way of putting that. Yeah, because I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on what the game was. But no, that does make sense. Yeah. And that's, that's about it as far as references. Uh, I came up with it. That's all I got the first time, but on a little bit of research, um, in the beginning, Mike, the TV is, uh, you know, doing this looks like a, they're going to begin like a reality show episode and they didn't really go too much further than that. But he specifically, he calls it little brother and he's talking about Enzo and, um, that's kind of a reference to big brother, which actually aired in the Netherlands in 1999. Really? And it's been on the air ever since. It has not gone away. To everyone's detriment. Yes. And it is still there. Actually, I lived at uh, a representative's house while I was working on on their campaign. And and her husband is, like, super, like, into sports. And, I mean, that's, like, his life is all things sports. And he watches Big Brother and The Bachelor. Like, jeez. And I, I, I had a hard time connecting with him on those things. But... Um, so I've actually seen those shows, and that's a little nuts. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, and he calls it virtual reality TV, which I thought was classic reboot. Oh, does he? I didn't even catch that. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. Let's see. When Anakin, uh, or I should say uh, Enzo, as Anakin puppet thing, saves the day there, and he rides... Um, hack and slash that's i mean it was supposed to emulate the pod racers from the first star wars episode one phantom menace i drove them around like that and i think at one point matrix as darth vader drives a giant chicken <laughs> yeah. uh, to fight rocky which is just the <laughs> atsts were often called uh, chicken walkers because they kind of look like that star wars and then do you have any other references bob yelling Luke, use the sauce. Yeah, that was a little much, don't you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was way over the top. <laughs> Even for reboot, I thought that was a little too... It was kind of like that Star Trek episode where they just way... Like, they kind of took away from the storyline for the yeah. sake of the references. It, as as one of my theater teachers always said, it had all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. <laughs> it did. That's exactly right. And I, th- I think the only other thing I wrote down is, the, since they're doing this whole Star Wars 
theme um, at the end when Glitch Bob uh, on the on the B storyline, I guess when he's trying to separate himself to for for Bo- or for Dot, he looks very similar to Han Solo being frozen in the carbonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. Let's let's talk about Bob and his little story going on. Yeah, he gets go for it. frozen in like the weird goo stuff. I don't even know what you would call it. It kind of looks like a, like a like a galaxy. Yeah, stars and 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 planets and it's it's really weird. Very strange. Because he, he actually, what did he do? He went into a tear. Mm-hmm. And tried to uh, kind of split himself from Glitch in the tear. Right. But I think it's kind of a work. terrible plan because then there would just be two Bobs that are the same. So how would Bob or how would Dot be able to choose that anyway? Like, That's a very good point. She's not. He's not helping the decision. <laughs> I don't think. Anyway. He's just trying to be like he was. He no longer needs glitch inside of him. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the wiki says he's trying to split through the tear, kind of like how gigabyte was split into megabyte and hexadecimal. That makes sense because I was. Trying to figure because I mean he goes into the tear and then says something like split and you know crap happens and then he ends up coming out all carbonated. Yeah. <clears throat> good, 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 good. Um, yeah, I think that's all the references I had. I have a few quotes. If um, I, as, assuming you do as well. Yeah, we got we got most of them. But, yeah, go for it. Um, when we talked about the uh, Mike the TV thing, I just thought it was pretty funny because he's, he's showing all this, like, first-person footage, which was just from the game, you know, from the show itself. And he actually says, like, and just where did we get this footage from? Uh, which I just find, kind of found amusing um, that they acknowledge the fact that there wouldn't actually be that footage yeah. if it wasn't a television show. And, pretty clever. Uh, yeah. Let's see, we did the use of sauce. I just thought it was also slightly funny when um, Matrix gives Andrea a compliment and she goes, you mean you didn't like it now or before? You know, her hair, I think it was, mm-hmm. that they were talking about, which is such a girl thing to say. And it was kind of nice, I guess, to see um, Andrea just being a girl, I suppose, and not some kick-ass game sprite so that was kind of interesting uh and that's the only ones that i i am it's the only ones i have that's actually there's a, a way around that by the way you just have to add exceptionally be like your hair looks exceptionally good today oh that's fake because it implies See? that it looks good most of the time or other times it's just exceptionally it's- good today this whole engagement has made you a very wise man dan <laughs> That's what I keep telling people, and they don't believe me. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, my quotes, um, Dot and, uh, first off, the whole scene between Dot and Mouse 
over the vid windows is kind of hilarious. That's true. She's like, which one do I choose? And then you see uh, the Australian guy walking behind there. Ray, Ray Tracer, the surfer. And Dot just like, or Mouse just pushes him out of the way. It says, we're alone now. We can talk. (laughs) I imagine that type of thing happens often in their relationship. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's the basis (laughs) of the relationship. Uh, Anyways, uh, Dot's like whining, like, which one do I choose? I mean, Bob's like what I want. He reminds me of how things were. And Mouse is just like, so choose Bob. And she's like, well, but what about Glitch Bob? So choose Glitch Bob. <laughs> just make a choice and leave me out of it. We've all been in those relationships or that situation with friends, you know, where they want you to answer it for you and you just can't. And they just won't do it. And they keep beating their head against the wall. And that was a pretty good representation of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I usually solve those situations by flipping a quarter. <laughs> I won't tell uh, Devin that. Oh, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, good to know. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I've got. Do you want to move on to null of the bot or null bot of the brind? Let's do it. Sweet. Ah, oh, you mad? You want the ceremony here? Well, we wanted to choose somewhere that had some personal significance. What's the problem? Oh, nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. This is a lovely room. Oh, deletion! Now this is a room. Cecil, don't you think it's a little Spartan? And big? At the moment, yes. But wait and see! A little bouquet over there, a little color here, draperies, place settings, oh, string quartet. Oh, these statues with huge urns! It brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. Now push off and let the maestro work. All right. Nullbot of the Bride originally aired November 23rd, 2001 uh, written by Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair Raul Inglis, and Phil Mitchell and in this episode Dot and Bob come closer and closer to tying the matrimonial knot when Megabyte makes an unexpected appearance during the ceremony the key tools return to all the guardians returning Bob to normal and saving his life Bob and Megabyte clash during the ceremony when we find out that Megabyte has become a Trojan virus and can shapeshift at will. Oh no. So, Joey, what did you think of this one? Uh, I thought this was great. Um, I, I, I love Megabyte as a villain. And, you know, we've been dealing with Damon a lot and we've been dealing with Hexadecimal a lot. And, you know, Megabyte kind of had his heyday in the the third season, you know, and then kind of I mean, he's been around, but he just hasn't been huge lately. So I was kind of glad to get back to like the roots of reboot. And, and, you know, and it's everyone's different. Bob's changed. 
dot has changed, megabyte has changed. They've all grown, so it's cool to see. It's cool to see them clashing with old uh, friends again, but they're all different. So I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm very much the same. Um, not a ton of references or quotes or anything, but it just moved the plot forward, which was good. And yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, obviously it is... Well, I mean, it, it starts with three of the most badass chicks possible. So you've got Dot, Andrea, and Mouse, who all individually are forced to reckon with, together being all girly about a wedding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I then think, being I think interrupted that, by Cecil. <laughs> which, you know, of course, he's just insufferable because he's Cecil and he's the wedding planner, apparently. And it kind of reminded me of Britta Perry, you know, because she's all of a sudden very good at... Uh, you know, wedding planning and arrangements and being girly and uh, off of the community. And then, of course, Cecil just makes this haul into, you know, gorgeous. Yes. I I would have him plan my wedding if it were up to me. Yeah. Mostly because then I wouldn't have to do anything. Well, yeah. Because he would point. do it all. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea of being in the war room, though. That would have been pretty interesting also can see why that wouldn't work for people although yeah, i did think it was interesting that dot wanted it there and cecil was the one who's like no <laughs> um so our little waiter shows back up again at the tuck at the tuck shop <laughs> yeah really really awkward <laughs> i agree i mean it's just i don't know what the kind of statement they're trying to make really like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he says, come out when you're ready. I know. And then, <laughs> and then it just pauses for a little bit, just long enough for you to get it, and then <laughs> moves on. Uh, classic. Um, I thought it was extremely creepy that through it all, Dot had to choose between two bot or two Dob, or Bobs, I should say, and she chose megabyte and fell in love with megabyte and they kissed at one point like oh just gross <laughs> that is that is true and very creepy to think about megabyte got a little rapey there yeah 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 rape is bad don't do it yeah <laughs> agreed <laughs> Uh, officially, that is the mainframe chronicle's position on rape: is that it is we shouldn't do it. It's bad, and you shouldn't do it. Through much deliberation, we decided on it. Um, I thought the bachelorette party was pretty cool. They had the village people binomes. Yep, yep. I think the last time I, I saw them was uh, talent night in season one. Right, which is an amazing episode. Although um, we might have seen them. Like, just in passing real quick. Uh, just in the background somewhere. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Don't no, remember exactly where, but I'm pretty sure we've seen glimpses of them since then. But first time we actually see them since season one. I actually met some of the village people at the Super Bowl when the Super Bowl was in Indy. Nice. Uh, I was up. I was up there with some of the legislators, and they wanted to hang out with some of the legislators, and so we actually got to meet them and talk to them and 
amps with them. They're a crazy bunch of guys. They're a lot older than I thought. Well, I mean, they've been around a while, but I kind of forgot how old they were. Interesting. Uh, uh, Bob has a new phrase, uh, by the user, you know, which we've, we've kind of talked about that before. They, they occasionally use the user and the net and the web and all this kind of stuff as kind of a religious component. Um, and now they've added the user to it. Yeah. Which coming off of uh, Daemon Rising is a lot more powerful. Exactly. Exactly. Because that was religious fanaticism at its best. Um, I have a question for you. I have Elvin is a middle name, but I can't remember. Is that Matrix's middle name? Um, Did you catch that? I Enzo don't know why. Elvin Matrix. Is that I th right? I think that might have been it. Yes. Yeah, I didn't actually write whose middle name it was, but I, guess, I think it was Enzo's. So, I mean, that was something we didn't know about. Um, you want to talk about Bob a little bit? Some, some crazy stuff happened. Glitch Bob, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's off in the supercomputer... The people are, the other guardians are trying to fix him, see what's up, trying to understand things. And then they do, or the, the key tools come and rescue him. We decide to split from Glitch Bob and make everything okay. Yeah. Which, and then they, they kind of do a dream sequence kind of 2001 Space Odyssey kind of thing going on. Um, and that kind of reminded me of where basically Bob had to accept his destiny with Glitch and maybe or may not that kill him just as like Harry Potter had to accept his death for the last Horcrux for, for the, 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 the key tools to come out and go back to everybody and return Bob to normal. You know, same kind of thing had to happen with uh, Harry and Voldemort. So I thought that was kind of a cool little little thing going on. Only about 45 minutes this time. I know. that's a, that I, I, It's about my time period. I usually wait a little bit. Uh, I was starting to get worried. <laughs> I, I thought you were. Good, good. Uh, and that's really all the notes that I had from this episode. It, not that it was a bad episode. It was just there was a lot going on. I mean, the fight scene between Megabyte and Bob was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, and like I said earlier, Megabyte's different. He's tougher. He's meaner. He's, you know, he's, he's he got looks the Trojan meaner. horse virus thing going for him. So he, right, can, so he can be whoever he wants to be. Uh, which is, you, that, you're so hard to fight. Yeah. You know, and... And Bob, too. I mean, he seems tougher and, and more adamant about, you know, capturing uh, Megabyte. And they, they both seem much more powerful. I think Megabyte even mentions that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. It's so cool, though, that, that reveal that he is Megabyte. It's so well done. Like... It is. Glitch Bob shows back up with Glitch. Or, yeah, I guess he's no longer Glitch Bob. But we'll still call him Glitch Bob for confusion avoidance purposes. And right. So he shows up with Glitch, and then Glitch is all like, I'm going to go hang out with the other Bob. 
And the wedding commences and Glitch Bob is walking away, distraught, when all of a sudden Glitch freaks out and goes back to the Glitch Bob. And everyone's faces is just like, what? And Bob turns into Megabyte. It's all good things. I didn't see it coming at all. I mean, that was... I, I sometimes am reminded that this is a kid show and sometimes they're kind of heavy handed and I kind of know what's going on. Did not see that coming whatsoever. They did that. Excellent. Oh yeah. It's so good because it's so easy to get wrapped up in the, in the show and just go along for the ride. I mean, if you stop and think about it for two seconds, you realize that glitch Bob's the one who's been with us and the other Bob just appeared. So it can't be glitch Bob. Who's evil. He's got to be the Bob that we know. Otherwise, people would just be furious. Exactly. And I, I mean, like, I felt so bad for Glitch Bob when we're all, like, oh, he's a copy. And, you know, he's trying so hard to win back Dot. And Dot refuses him. And he has no place in this world. He's the most powerful guardian in existence because he had the power of the key tools. And he just had no place to do anything. And uh, and all he wanted was to go to mainframe and his friends. And he, he he actually walked away. He tried to fight for Dot. She said no, and he walked away when Megabyte made his reveal. Well, Glitch made Megabyte make his reveal. Well, that's true. Fair enough. Once again, Glitch saves the day. Bob has little to do with it. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that is true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the title of the play or of the episode is a play on the father of the bride movie because Wellman Matrix is a null bot. Right, which uh, we didn't talk about that. You know, they he can we Nullman or he's back. Yeah, I mean as as a null, but he's back. They they make a body for him, a robot body. In like zero point four seconds. They have a robot exactly. body. Which <laughs> is a long time in, in mainframe. Oh, that's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite quotes is uh, Dot's like, this is the happiest second of my life. Yes. I, I, I kind of forget about that. And then they, they do that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's always good to remind us that time goes differently there. Agreed. Cool. Uh, you got any other references or quotes? Um, not really. I mean, we talked about most stuff. I didn't write down a whole lot of quotes. Um, there were very few references that I caught anyway. Uh, it was just, I mean, that they're really kind of ramping up towards this this last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing before we move on. Uh, I just want to note that Enzo in a tux looks really, really good, first off, and reminded me of when he rebuted as James Bond in Firewall. Right. And he did a great job then. Exactly. And also, Matrix tears the arms off of his tux, which was hilarious. <laughs> I kind of expected him just to, like, flex his muscles and then just tear him off that way, but... <laughs> Uh, good. Why don't we move on then? So, it's confirmed. Megabyte has Trojan Horse viral capacity now. 
He can duplicate any form. He could be anywhere, right in front of us, and we never know. No way! He could be here! He could even be me! What if I'm Megabyte now? Enzo! Sorry, Dad. I'm sending a viral incident team immediately. They'll be there in nanoseconds. No! What? No, keep your executioners where they are. We'll deal with this ourselves. <sighs> so now you want to save Megabyte. Still clinging to your radical theories, huh, Bob? Look, Turbo, I don't care what you think of my ideas anymore. If we'd done it your way, if we deleted Hex when she first arrived, the entire net would have been destroyed by Damon. The readme of fate is a complex program indeed. If we need your help, we'll call for it. Yeah, let's do that. And then so we've got Crouching Binome Hidden Virus, uh, which the last, or the summary is Lord Megabyte works to rebuild his army and recruit his old cronies while Dot and Cruz scheme to capture Megabyte. All seems to be going to plan when Bob and Matrix realize that they have only captured an alias of Megabyte and that the real Megabyte has infiltrated the principal office and taken over the war room. Megabyte is preparing to hunt down binomes and sprites because, as Megabyte put it, viruses are predatory by nature. Dan, what do you think of this? This is a very, very solid episode. Uh, on the edge of my seat, like, the entire time. So I was. I agree. I agree. That being said, it's also a cliffhanger, because they originally thought there were going to be 12 episodes in this season, but the ratings just weren't there. So, cliffhanger. Out of all the times for Reboot to be left, and then they randomly got some... got coming back that it has it never came back after this you know and then it, it is a terrible cliffhanger to leave on <laughs> like mm -hmm. crying out loud like you almost wish that it had just ended on the third season i mean we wouldn't have gotten a lot of this good stuff but you know it, it ended very succinctly like we talked in the third season because they didn't know they were coming back for a fourth and then they leave it here and you're just oh but i i thought the episode was great yeah and obviously the the uh, title is a play on the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon right. novel slash movie. Uh, yeah, there's supposed to be another four-episode film at the end, followed by another musical finale. So, Oh, was it sad, really? Sad day that. that we didn't get the musical. But alas... Yeah, I think it's. Go ahead. <laughs> Interest. Uh, it's interesting seeing the chaos produced by Megabyte again. Like we haven't seen that really in a full season, at least. Right. But, but it it just it's a throwback to, you know, first season where Megabyte shows up and everything goes to craziness. Well, he's tough, and I think he's a lot tougher than he was before. And, I mean, he was always about world domination, you know, well, mainframe domination, getting into the supercomputer, all this kind of stuff. And now it just seems like he's just bloodthirsty. You know, he's tired of all this scheming, and he just wants to destroy people. Mm -hmm. You know, prepare for the hunt, I think, is the last uh, you know, uh, 
quote from Megabyte at mm-hmm. the end of the se- series even is prepare for the hunt because he's ready just to go for it. Yeah, it's kind of like he evolved from a James Bond villain to like a Superman villain. Whereas James Bond villains usually uh, have like this huge plan that they kind of just oversee. Whereas Superman villains come in and punch and destroy everything by themselves. Right. No, it's true. And and of course, I I have to make the reference because it's so clear. It's very similar to like to Voldemort because he's 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 finding the neo-virals and he's trying to bring them back and they're afraid that he doesn't have enough power and he has to show himself that, you know, he can come back and it's just like Voldemort getting the Death Eaters and just preparing for this whole thing. And he's, re, you know, uh, rebuilding his army and he can do it so quickly. He, I mean, he's barely back and he's got all, everyone back on, on under his thumb again. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Speaking of thumbs, Andrea shoots her nails at the binomes. That's like her attack. And I don't think we've seen that before, and I think it's very strange, but kind of cool. Yeah, it is kind of strange. I mean, we've seen her fingernails grow to like claw-like things, um, but we've never seen her like propel them off of her fingers. It is interesting for sure. I like the fact that they never called him Lord Megabyte before, did they? Uh, not, I don't remember. Not in my recollection. Yeah, I don't either. So, I mean, he he just has this whole different personality. I think you're right. He's gone from a James Bond to a to a Superman villain, and he even has now crowned himself Lord of that Megabyte. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, worst part about the cliffhanger is we don't know what happened to Frisket. Because Megabyte, once they find out that he's an alias and Megabyte's still out there somewhere, he has disguised himself as Frisket and reveals himself. That's, that's so true. Where's, I ne- it, never, Frisket? it never occurred to me. Oh, crap. Yeah, I never even thought about that. We, I mean, we don't know where Frisket is. We quite possibly saw the death of Fong. I mean, we don't quite know. Um... I didn't think about that at all. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. And now Megabyte's in the war room and <laughs> ready to hunt everyone down. Which I, I love that because Dot's plan was pretty good and would have worked nine out of ten times if it was the old Megabyte. Yep. But because it's not the old and she even mentions like I know this virus I might have made some tactical mistakes against Damon but I know him but she doesn't he's changed he's evolved and he's stronger than he was before and and they tried to set this cat this trap and it it did not work out very well for her and uh, because you know she almost died when Megabyte attacked everybody yeah sad day I thought it was pretty funny when Fong addresses entire mainframe and he's like, this is an artist rendition of the new Megabyte. And it's just terrifying photo of him. But we, they, we've seen earlier that there's video of him. Because <laughs> like, they were reviewing the video himself. <laughs> and they're like, it's an artist rendition. And it's far more terrifying than even what the video is. But, you know, whatever. Yes, quite strange. Uh, funny stuff. 
only real reference I got was uh, the mainframe neovirals was reminiscent of the Blues Brothers. Neovirals. Yes. I hate ne- mainframe neovirals as opposed to I hate Illinois Nazis. Which all works. I mean, it, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, I think... I don't remember how she said it, but Dot basically said, I love it when a plan comes together, which is almost word for word what Hannibal always says on A-Team. Yeah. You know, Great so he always show. has those elaborate plans. It's a phenomenal show. I actually watched the movie first, and then I went back and watched the show. And they're, they're both good in their own right. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy them. And then uh, at one point, um, I one of the neovirals says, or else you'll be up against a wall when the revolution comes. And they're talking about that right before Megabyte reveals himself. And uh, that's from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Which is a great book. A great it is. trilogy of seven books. Um, at one point, all the, the, when, the, when he takes over the war room, there's you know, a bunch of good binomes running around trying to fight him. I just thought it was cool. There's a few with a French Foreign Legion hat. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, cool. I thought it was overall a great episode because I, I love this new Megabyte because he's almost a cross between Megabyte and Hexadecimal because he's still a schemer, but he also just likes to create chaos now. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's kind of becoming more. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, and definitely had room to grow and room to explore his personality and his newness. Right. Unfortunately, I don't think even I don't think Tony J is still alive. I'm not no, sure. I'll have not. to look. He's not. So even if they do bring back the character, it wouldn't be him. So I kind of want them. Um, what's his name? One of the guys who voiced Hacker Slash. Uh, Jerry something. Please hold. <laughs> nope, not that one. Gary Chalk. He he does a pretty good in, uh, Megabyte impression. Oh, There's, does he? I, I went through and watched uh, on YouTube. There's a bunch of panels where people talk about reboot from like uh, right. Comic Cons and stuff. And sure. there was one where, um, is it Kathleen Barr who does hexadecimal? Dot. No, or, Kathleen Barr does dot. Yeah, she does ha- uh, dot. And then who voices hex? I can't remember her name. Cause I think it was her who... Um, anyways, she says that, like, yes, it, it is very sad that he is dead, but Gary Chalk would be a okay replacement because he does it very well and then he does the the voice which is awesome it would be cool to keep it in the reboot family I think Mm -hmm. and I think I think most everyone who was involved voice work wise in this episode or in this show would be up for coming back well, they're not really doing anything, unfortunately. We have a really good group, and we've talked about that, of the you know voice actors and what they had to do in this show. Um, and they haven't really done much, anything else besides Reboot. I mean, if, of course they haven't. they never done anything as big, so 
I imagine they'd all love to do it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's about all I have for Crouching Binome Hidden Virus. Do you want to go back and give our scores? Yeah, why not? Frisket's really starting to freak me out now. Look, just tell me the point of this game. Why am I stuck in here? I'm a Pantsu Heavy trainer. You're a Pantsu Heavy X, a mutant creature. I keep you in that tiny container and release you to fight for me. You keep creatures in cages and release them just to fight? Yeah. That is sick! Final level. Um, so for my two bobs, um, I thought this was really good. I enjoyed the, the Pokemon-style game. I was a big fan of that. Um, it's, it starts it off pretty well and, and moves it along. It sets up the My Two Bob storyline fairly well. As a standalone episode, it's probably not one of the best. Uh, so I'm going to give it uh, a seven. Um, oh shoot, seven animal rights lawsuits because I had no idea that Pokemon had uh, such lawsuits before. That's awesome. I agree that it is a good movie or good good start to the end, um, not the best on its own. But all all of it, it just it, it I don't know a lot of great references, a lot of great quotes, and a lot of fun. So that I, I went for eight fighting monsters. Fair enough. I almost went with nuclear bottom burps, but I decided <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> Uh, that would work out. All right. What Second do you got for episode. Life's a glitch. Life's a glitch. Uh, I liked it a lot, in spite of freaking Rocky the Rabbit Raccoon, um, and that brought it down a point or two for me. So uh, this one's gonna be six knockoff pop cans. Ah, fair enough. Um, that's my same. I probably would have given this an eight because I, I like the callback to kind of a classic stereotypic uh, reboot with references and all this kind of stuff. And for the most part, they did a good job. It wasn't too ham-fisted. With I mean, use the sauce was a little much, but uh, but then with Rocky the Rabbit Raccoon, I, I I knocked it down to seven, and I'm going to do giant chicken walkers. Nice. I like it. Um, and then Nullbotta the Bride. Um, this was kind of difficult because it's, it's, we talked about this. It's so hard to judge these by themselves because some of these middle ones are p- purely there to just move along the storyline. But a lot of cool stuff happened in this one. You know, we had a pretty cool fight with um, Megabyte and, and Bob, and, you know, it was, it was good. So, um, I, I ended up doing Glitch Save the Day 8s because, again, he did the reveal and did everything he was supposed to, where Bob had very little to do with it. So what about you, Dan? I I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. A, a lot of... Yeah, I don't know. Weddings are exciting. And Enzo and Matrix are the best sprites, and they do a good job, and they're funny. Uh, so yeah, nine risque bachelorette parties. Oh, that was good. 
That was good. Um, and then what do you got for Crouching Binome Hidden Virus? Uh, end of the series. Bittersweet, but they ended it fantastically, even if they are jerks and made it a cliffhanger. Uh, so yeah, it, the whole series culminates into this episode, and I think it deserves a 10. 10 horribly mean cliffhangers. Yeah, I would, I, I, I would probably do 10 because I, I'm a huge fan of this new Megabyte, and I think it would be phenomenal to see out of everything that everyone's gone through in this last season, like, let's see them pair up again, but it's going to be completely different. And I'd be very much into this um, because it is a cliffhanger. I don't think I can quite give it a 10. Uh, so I'm going to give it nine Lord but Megabytes. Each time I say that, I almost say Lord Voldemort every single time. <laughs> nine Lord Megabytes. But it was, it was good, and I think I would very much enjoy the last movie, separate movie, but obviously, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it didn't, didn't happen. happen. So. <laughs> well, that's it. That's, that's the entirety of the first iteration of Reboot. I'm really, I expect there to be more. I mean, they've been talking about it, and I'm not really going to give my hopes up until I see something more concrete, because so far they've really just said, yeah, this is what we want to do, and we, we hope it's going to happen. And I'm sure the people at Rainmaker want it to happen, but they got to make sure it's fiscally sound. They have to make sure that it's going to make them money, because they don't have unlimited bouts of cash here. So I'm still not a thousand percent certain it's going to happen, but I, I really hope it does. And you know, maybe we'll be around to see it. So, yeah, hopefully one day we will be back. Yeah. Now, uh, just a real quick uh, season wrap up. Uh, what do you think about like? Let's just run through our favorite characters and stuff. Yeah, that's good. Um, right. Who's your favorite main cast character? Main character. I think I like Dot the best. I think her she had the most interesting arc in these two movies. Definitely in this movie. And I, I liked her in Damon Rising as well. So I'm going to go with Dot. I agree. Um, I, I, I chose Dot as well as my main cast member because she... And I, I had this kind of same argument in one of the other seasons as well. But think about where she started. And, you know, she, she always was into plans and stuff, but she was kind of insufferable and, you know, she, she wasn't really doing a whole lot. And then we find out she runs half of mainframe and has business partners with almost everybody. And then she kind of tames the crimson binome and then she becomes the supreme commander of the allied forces, basically, of mainframe. And I mean, she's just phenomenal and just a kick ass woman. So I, I agree. Dot even from the beginning of this season, but over the whole uh, series, she's just, she's evolved very well. I agree. Absolutely. And then least favorite main character. I think we talked about how I did not have a good opinion of Enzo um, before I, we started this podcast and I grew to really enjoy him and his, what he brought to the show. But I 
don't really feel like he belonged in this last season. Like they brought him back and I think they tried to recapture that whole, you know, innocent kind of kid comic relief thing. And it just, it, the show had changed. And I think we have Matrix and I think that's fine. So I'm going to put Enzo because it just didn't seem to fit to me. That's fair. Yeah, he, he definitely doesn't really exist. Doesn't need to exist, I should say. He doesn't really do anything anymore, and that's why even bring him back. Yeah, he's solely there for comic relief. Um, right. And I don't really have any other character that is worse than that, so I'm going to have to stick with and little young Enzo as well. Little Enzo, young Enzo. Whichever one you want to go Great. by. Sure. And then uh, what about kind of, um, I don't know what to call this category because one-off characters wouldn't really fit, but, you know, this, what about the guest star, I suppose? Even that doesn't really fit in this season because really there's two stories. Um, That's true. And not, not a lot different for either of them. Um I mean I do really like Damon and I think I'm going to go with her because she's the most interesting new thing that we see in this entire season. I agree. I originally wrote her down and then I was struggling between like her and Megabyte and I I had settled on Damon because we only saw Megabyte on the the last two episodes but I'll, 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 you know, since you went with Damon, I'll, I'll make a nod to Megabyte since he infiltrated the entire group, made Dot fall in love with him, got all the way to the wedding. Glitch was the one that found him out, and then he recreated an entire army in no time whatsoever, nanoseconds, and knew the plan Dot was going to set along and, and did a plan within a plan and then took over the war room in one episode where he's been trying to do this for seasons and he's just a cool guy and I, I really wish I could have seen what he became uh, more so. So I'll go with Megabyte on that. For sure. Yeah, good. He needs some love. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then least favorite secondary character? Um, I, I guess I'm going to go. I can't think of his name right now, but Damon's henchman. He was just kind of annoying. The yeah. guy that told her everything. I mean, he didn't do anything. And Deacon he, or I think something. he got, yeah, Deacon. You know, just he had no personality. And, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of other cool characters and he just kind of melts into the background. What about you? Uh, Rocky. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I kind of blocked him from my mind. That's fair. I wish I had the ability to do so. Uh, hate him. I Did hate you him like so My Two Bobs or Damon Rising better? That's a very interesting question. I think I like Damon Rising better just because it's a little different from what we've seen before. Uh, more different from what we've seen before than My Two Bobs is. Um, that being said, if we had ended on Damon Rising, I wouldn't have been as satisfied. 
I agree. I, I, I just think it was a cool twist that they made because allu- they alluded in the third season of this you know, great and powerful daemon. Um, and I think since we've dealt so much with Megabyte that you kind of assume it's a bigger, badder, more badass type Megabyte character. And she's not. She's 100% polar opposite. So I thought that was kind of a wise choice by the creators to take that risk and then make it so and do it so well. So I, I definitely will have to go with Damon Rising. Awesome. And that'll do it, I guess, for I the Mainframe so. Chronicle podcast. Um, sad day. It's a f- sad but fulfilling day. Yeah. Yes, it is. We may be back in the future with more reboot if more reboot happens and needs to be talked about, and we are willing and able to talk about said reboot. Yeah, I would hope to. I'd keep up with it. There's no driver. It's being operated remotely. No, it's not. Get a tractor beam on it. We'll tow it. he get those ABCs from? It didn't take him long to build an army again, did it? Just as Dot surmised. And now he has the Gateway Command. Don't you love it when a plan comes together? But until then, thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to shoot us some emails, if we get enough emails, we'll probably do an email episode the the email is mainframechronicle at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at mf chronicle if you want to leave us feedback on our website we are mainframechronicle.blogspot.com you can also rate and review us on itunes and like us on facebook um yeah if you want to check out our other podcasts you can do that at almproductions.net because I have a dot net now I was going to say isn't he cool he's got a dot net his own dot net but yeah that's that's that and I just want to you know thank you Dan because you know you're the 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 mainframe king on this it was your idea you put the you know you do all the editing and uh, you wrote me in which you know really I should have done that because you've got a thousand other podcasts to do but you never you know never questioned it and did a good job and did most of the summaries and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of sit down and, and talk for a minute. So, well, thank you, you know, just thank you for bringing it all together. And I've had a good time and I appreciate it. I just want to thank you for being the best co-host I've ever had on this show. Oh, well, thank you. And you know, uh, yeah. Sherlock yeah. might be upset about that because he was a co-host. That's true. <laughs> but he was only here for one time. He was a guest host. He was the best right. guest co-host That's, we've ever we'll had. Give him that, uh, we'll give him that honor. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was a good episode. Cause that was when I was sitting outside of the coffee shop, stealing their internet, and had to like mute myself any time a car came by. Do you remember that? Ah, oh, yes. Good times. <laughs> had so many good times. Maybe one day we'll do an episode where we just talk about how hard it was to do this <laughs> podcast at times and you know me falling asleep on the ground and you know just all sorts of funny stuff we could go for i agree that would be funny oh man but yeah thanks joey for helping me do this for 14 full episodes 
and yeah, yeah being able and willing and excited about doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I had barely remembered Reboot, but I remembered it being a huge thing when I was like, younger, and I was happy to be reminded about it. And, you know, I, I feel like I am uh, the preeminent Indiana expert about Reboot. Oh, which reminds me, there was an, um, I'm sorry, I, I was out, I, went out, I have a night class, and I go out for pizza and beer after the night class, and I'm sitting there, and it was just with my brother, and I just hear this group of people talking, and they mention Reboot. And I'm like, what the heck? So I like had to go over there and talk to them because they were just saying, oh, yeah, do you remember the show Reboot? And I'm, you know, introduce myself. And they said they're going to start listening, so we might have a few more people listening. But I'm just in a pizza shop, and these people start talking about Reboot. So clearly I had to go over and tell them about mainframe comic Naturally. So uh, it, it was good. I, I just uh, I felt good that I was a part of the Reboot, reboot culture, even if they don't know it. I am awesome so. well yeah as always thank you for listening I'm Daniel, Daniel James I'm Joey Morris and I feel like you deserve the last one sir well then stay frosty my friends attention as you are no doubt aware, the principal office is now under my complete control. You're probably looking forward to one of my erudite speeches about me, Megaframe, the new viral dawn, etc., etc. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you. There is no grand scheme here. This is about revenge. Viruses are predatory by design. And it is time for me to follow my function. Prepare yourselves for the hunt. is an autological media productions podcast please leave us feedback over at mainframechronicle.blogspot.com or by sending us an email at mainframechronicle at gmail.com you may follow us on twitter at mfchronicle and please rate and review us on itunes and like us on facebook if you'd like to check out our other podcasts go to almppodcasts.blogspot.com as always thanks for listening